Welcome to another bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. It's like an advent calendar of the year that was. Every episode, we're deep diving into a trend from 2015. And today, it's the year that we stopped talking to each other for a good reason. TV. Guys, I remember the moment of this year that I realised TV had changed forevermore. It was when I saw Toadie from Neighbours and he was in a wheelchair. In real life? No, on TV. Toadie had oh, been... Oh, in Neighbours. Is he still on Neighbours? He's still... Toadie had been in a wheelchair for about a season and a half. He'd also had his drink spiked. He'd left his bride at the altar. He'd been hit by a car and he had a tragic accident on a bouncy castle which left him in a wheelchair. And I hadn't even noticed because I simply hadn't watched normal network TV all year. 2015 was the year that Australia saw the launch of so many shiny new streaming services. Between January and March, we had Netflix, Presto, Stan, Quick Flick, Fetch TV, Foxtel Go, that suddenly, alongside iView, we were just spoiled for choice. We were able to throw out the TV guide and laugh about the days that we used to set the VCR to tape shows because it's all just on demand. Or the days before VCRs were invented where you just had to wait for Sunday night, the wonderful world of Disney, because it was the only time there were any kids shows on except for six, between 6 and 8 in the morning. Yeah. When was that? That sounds the olden days. Gather round, kiddies. Back in the 70s. And the introduction of all these new services means a couple of things. It means we don't have to break the law by illegally downloading things anymore. It also Which is good because I never knew how to do that. Yeah. It also means more choice and more competition for your eyeballs, which means better shows. So this year, 2015, I feel like there was this renaissance of quality programming that we just started to devour. And hence... We need no longer talk to our families. Women would come to the office with stories of how they'd spent the night on the couch next to their beloved, both watching different kind of programs. Do you know one thing I really miss about this, and it's the only thing, because I love this idea of on demand, is that you can't share experiences around shows anymore. Remember when Patrick died on Offspring? How yeah. we experienced that as one, as a nation, as a female part of the Except nation. Except me. I was like two years later. Yeah, or when yeah, Bobby died on Home and Away. Yep. Or when Molly died on a country practice. Yeah. We experienced all those things together. But now when something amazing happens on Nashville or on whatever it is that you happen to be watching, you can't ever talk about these TV shows that you're watching because no one is ever at the same spot as you. That is so true, and it's very frustrating. They're either before you, and they'll kill you if you spoil it for them, or they're after you, and they're not interested in that anymore because 10 other interesting things have happened in the episodes that they've watched. Do you know, I think that's why The Bachelor is so good for us and for the nation, because it is the one show that we can sit down on a Wednesday and Thursday night and watch and then yell about the next day in the office. That is part of the appeal for me, is that it brings everyone together mm. into the zeitgeist at the same time. It's it also, that idea of experiencing things together. I mean, I don't even watch – there's not a single streaming show that I watch with my partner because I want to watch it when I want to watch it, not when he, not when we're both ready to watch it. And we only both sit down and, and want to watch something on TV about once a month. Usually he's busy working and I want to watch something or I'm with the kids and he wants to watch something. Mm. 
I feel like the other fallout from it was that reality TV stars on Australian TV really lost their luster. When reality TV first came out and we were all watching Big Brother together, the stars of those shows, the winners would go on to have really big contracts in Breakfast Radio. But now that no, a whole reality TV series can go to air without people even even realising I couldn't it. name you one person on The Block or MasterChef or whatever, but that early reality TV, um, you know, Australian ones where it was Chrissy Swan and Sarah Marie Julie Goodwin. and Shannon Knoll and Guy Sebastian, you know, these, these names that genuinely po. became household names. Yeah. Because doesn't happen anymore. Because we're more captivated by what's going on in, say, a cell block on Orange is the New Black rather than the actual block on Channel 9. Do you know what's um, been the most wonderful thing about this for me? You talked about there's more competition so the quality is better the other thing is that because there is so much more quantity it's meant that more diverse things can be made so you look at until we had streaming tv you had a few gatekeepers of network television all of them middle-aged white men and they were the ones and i've sat in meetings where there have been discussions about women not being fuckable enough Mm. and do you think that those men would have greenlit orange is the new black no way not a chance because there are women of all shapes, sizes, ages, skin colours. They all have great meaty roles. Their characters are really developed. And I don't believe that that would ever have been greenlit on network television because there just is not that diversity. And there are so many shows that I love from Broad City to Girls. And not, not all of these are, are on streaming TV. Some of them are on cable because it kind of went network television, then cable. The first big shift in the Golden Globes is when all the nominees for the, for TV went from being network shows to cable shows like Girls and Sex and the City and HBO and that kind of thing. Now it's gone one step further and all the Golden Globe nominees are streaming services. So stars from Orange is the New Black and um, Bloodlines and, and all of those shows that are on Netflix, etc. Absolutely critical to that also is the globalisation effect. So what you've got with a television show on free-to-air is that, say you're making a new show for Australia and you're doing a new show like Neighbours and you're putting it together and you're going, okay, we're targeting women between maybe 22 and 45 with this show. Let's go. There's only, what, 2 million of them? three million of them for you to appeal to and some of them Mm. aren't going to like it but with these streaming services you can go global and suddenly orange is the new black might only find an audience of 10 or 20 million in the u.s and that's not enough for it to be viable but worldwide it might find an audience of 300 million so it is leading us to this golden age of television where you can have these really high production value amazing acting but you can put money into shows that wouldn't otherwise find a broad audience within their country on free-to-air TV because you can broadcast to the whole world. And similarly, shows like Please Like Me, mm. who, which stars Josh Thomas as the gay protagonist, gets picked up by Lena Dunham and then we see that explosion as well. And shows, I, I agree with you, Mia, diversity was completely the winner. Aziz Ansari's Master of None, mm. Call Me Kate, uh, Jane the Virgin, Scandal. Oh, you know, Scandal. Just all starring ethnic gay trans actors or people as opposed to relegating Scandal was them. a network show. <sighs> well. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry to ruin your, your thing. Theory. But But um, you're right. I think that w- what we're probably seeing with Scandal and How to Plan a Murder or whatever Shonda Rhimes' other show is, is that the success of these diverse it, – it's, it's rippled back in because the success of these more diverse formats on streaming services have given networks more encouragement – to try things that are more diverse on commercial networks. So that's where you have shows like Scandal and 
Viola Davis's show that that Shonda Rhimes did, and and she was a very much a pioneer of that. Shonda Rhimes always has been with Grey's Anatomy. She's been the pioneer of of diverse characters. So uh, the the ripple effect goes goes both ways, I think, and it's been incredibly positive. Mm. And just for for things that that you wouldn't otherwise see. I think that that the sort of tropes, the sort of slightly sexist tropes, the kind of Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men and Ugh. all of those exhausting, canned laughter, sexist, cheesy shows on network television that we've had to endure for years and years and years have really been eclipsed by things that are so much more daring. And it's it's spreading everywhere. You know, even the, even the shameless plug here, guys, the fact that we're going to be this podcast in your ears on Qantas and Virgin flights next year. My go-to on Qantas for the last five years has been two and a half men because that's what's available. But all of these businesses are now realising, wow, we can offer up quality, diverse, different, interesting content. And part of that enabler is also the internet. Mm. Did you seriously watch two and a half men? No, I didn't. But it used to come down on the little pop-down screen when you didn't have a choice. And they just showed it to you and you were bored. So you watched it. I'd rather listen to nails down a chalkboard. It's truly awful. Do you know the half man is like a full grown up now? How is it even still a thing? My final point in this essay that I wrote online on mamamia.com.au was that it was just a watershed year for women in programming. And Orange is the New Black really led the way. It was one of the biggest shows of the year and its cast had butch lesbians, rotten tooth Christians, Hispanic women. It was so brilliant and so diverse. And they were all dressed in dull prison beige you know, duds. That's so true. They weren't. They couldn't be sexy. No, like you they had couldn't. to take away the sexiness because of because of what they were wearing. Yeah. So it was a hit show about women that did not fit into that heteronormative Hollywood stereotype, and that's a huge victory. And likewise, Nashville, Jessica Jones, all female protagonists that kick serious ass as well as smarts. It's not just based around sex anymore. So that's it, guys. It was just a great year in in TV. It was the year where we just went. I don't have to talk to anyone ever again. I can sit on the couch and watch any show anytime I want. I just can't talk to anyone about it. And you're Do you right. guys watch them with your partners or is it solo pursuits like masturbation? We always have three. Oh, wow. I started to answer that question before you went to masturbation, me. <laughs> <laughs> we always have three series going in our household at once. So we have the series I'm watching on my own, the series my husband's watching on his own and the series that we're watching together. Nice. That's a good th- That's a good way to do it, Mia. What about you, Mons? Oh, we just go separate ways. We can't find a show that we agree on. No, I agree. We're the same. The tragedy, though, of course, is that you want to talk about these shows, but with everyone else at different stages of watching, the water cooler is just this dangerous cesspool of spoilers. So we fixed the boredom problem. We're no longer bored, and binging is the new black, but what do we do with all the banter? Do you know what this has been the year of? This has been the year of... Don't, 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 shush, shush, don't tell me. So I find that all I want to do is talk talk about television with people, but I can't talk about anyone, which is why we are putting out a new podcast called The Binge. Binging is no longer a dirty word, guys. We are going to celebrate The Binge. The Binge is a podcast where too much TV is never enough because sometimes you get to the end of a season and you just want to shout from the rooftops, what the hell was that? So this podcast is going to exist for those people, a safe place where we can discuss episodes and TV and themes and characters and deep dive into the big shows that everyone's watching at separate times. It's like a podcast version of Recaps. Yeah, it's coming in 2016. That was your daily nugget. Thanks for listening and make sure you stay tuned to the Mamma Mia Out Loud feed for more nuggets. (laughs) 
of wisdom from the year that was.